Some of you will recall Annie Robertson. Sweet, sweet, sweet sister in Christ. Love to hear the gospel. She's up in heaven singing a perfect tune right now. With a voice. Whew, voice of the angels. So she won't mind me saying that she couldn't hold a note worth anything. She could when she was younger. But as she got a little older, it was harder for her voice to hold. And I understand that. My mom is the same way. The last time she sung special music, she sang that song. And, you know, <laughs> it had been better if we hadn't had any music at all. And all we would have heard were the glorious words. God's angels singing right here on earth. Lord, do not pass me by. I'd like to ask you to turn in your Bibles if you would to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to read one verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I want to read one verse for you. You know, sometimes we got to get just we just got to get back to basics. I, I'm going to make a confession this morning. I've had uh, a guest with me for the last two weeks, as you know, a man that I've had to help get in and out of bed, dear friend, a dear man who lived across the street from me for thirty something years over when Kathy and I were down in the valley, and uh, it's hard for him to go to bed early, and I'm a, I'm an early bird bed. You don't call me after 7.30 at night because I'm usually sleeping. Uh, especially on a Saturday night because 4 o'clock in the morning comes off early on Sunday and that's my, that's my study time is in the morning. Early mornings. I like to coffee, sit there and contemplate things. And it's been a little disruptive having him here in that way, only in that way. And I'm not saying that in any complaint at all. Please don't take it that way. It, having him here was blessing and I, and I just I praise the Lord for putting Kathy and I in a position that we could take care of him for a couple of weeks back to basics there's a little, there's a little boy who's probably listening to us online with his parents right now the gospel of Jesus Christ and him crucified for the love of his people is a simple message that even a child should be able to understand. Too many preachers get up and want to go through the messages, and I fall into that very same category at times. Oh, I want to look through and find this, and I just I want to bring this out. This is so good. I'm, you know, the Lord's showing me something in here, and, I've, and, and I know because I sat in these very pews and hearing preachers, including my own pastor do this and they don't realize they're doing it and they just in all the years I go huh okay yeah huh? okay uh-huh and you just kind of lose it a little bit you know kind of get, things get too complicated for you even for me so it's good to get back to basics to the simplicity of who Christ is 
God manifest in the flesh. The simplicity of what Christ did, He saved His people. No ifs, no buts. He did it. It's done. If you don't know Him yet, and ye belong to Him, you will know it. If you already know it, you're jumping up and down for joy because you know that He did. You don't deserve it. You're singing out, "Lord, pass me not, O gentle Savior." Oh, amazing grace! How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Here in verse three. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, read these words with me. But I fear, writes Paul, I fear to you, Corinthians, I fear to you, church of God, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the what? <coughs> the simplicity. That is in Christ. Verse 4, For he that cometh preaching another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. For I suppose I was not a whit behind the very chiefest of apostles, Paul's Paul declares that he, he might not have been, he must have been the least or the inferior of all the apostles. But though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge, but we have been thoroughly made manifest unto you in all things. And I have commended an office in abasing myself that ye might be exalted, because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely. Now, I have had a conversation one time with uh, one of my co-workers. And... He claimed to be a, a Christian. Him and his wife have been going to church. Um, he says, but we don't go to church anymore. Well, why not? Well, pastor that we like so much, he just not, he, he retired or he moved off. I can't remember what it was. He moved off or something. And he said, the guy there is just not a very good preacher. The guy that was there, he was a great preacher. And I thought to myself, What makes you say this man or that is a good preacher? I want you to think about that for a minute. You and I all know that have been here for come some time. Those of you online who have attended these services here for several years know that there were many a people who would show up here at this pulpit to hear certain men speak when they came to town. Our numbers here were quite a bit more when Pastor Gene was here. Does that mean there's something wrong with John Reeves? No. I preach the same message. I bring you the same message that all gospel preachers bring and that is Christ Jesus and Him crucified. And you folks who have been here know that. One particular man who would travel here twice a year, you know him by the name of Don Fortner, knew this. He knew this and it broke his heart. It tore him to pieces to know that there would be those who would not come to the conferences at rescue anymore because he wasn't there to speak. 
and many other places in the world too where he would travel around to speak. What makes a good preacher? Is it the guy who's standing before you or is it the subject that they're talking about? I, ta I, I bought a message one time that was titled The World's Greatest Preacher. They had a contest on the radio one time about uh, is, write us an essay about your preacher and we want to figure out who the world's greatest preacher is and set him up on it pedestal and give him the, give, maybe give a trip around the world or something like that. And I got to thinking about, well, you know, I have, I have right now, in today's world, I have the world's best preacher, my, my preacher, Gene Harmon. And then I thought to myself, well, now, if I, if I send his name in, he's going to be mad at me. If I send his name in and he happened to win, he'd turn it down probably. So I got to looking into God's Word. You know, that's where we find the truth in all things. In the Word. Not on some radio station gimmick trying to get people to write into it and stuff. You know, the world talks about a preacher who preached the Word perfectly. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He preached Himself. Remember the road to Emmaus? He preached to those two men on the road to Emmaus all the things concerning himself in the scriptures. That means from Genesis all the way to the uh, before Matthew was born there, to Malachi. It was all, it's all about him. It's not the man who stands before you, it's what the man is speaking of. Is it the simplicity of Jesus or is it some complicated thing that you have to help get through with? Here's the simplicity of Jesus was manifest in the flesh. God was manifest in the flesh. His name shall be called Jesus for He shall save His people. What did we read there a minute ago? This was before we began the recording. So for those of you... Uh, who are listening and recording. We read on the front of the today's bulletin. I'm going to read it again. The Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. Do you think the Lord God Almighty thought about a people He would save before the world began? Before anything was ever created? Of course! He's God! Everything is His thought. All of creation was a thought for him, and it happened. It became. It is. That's our God. The one who rules over everything. Including the will of this man who stands before you. And I'm thankful that he rules over my will, because my will that he allowed for 40 years ran amok. Running around in the darkness loving the things that he did and God's will overruled my will and said, you will be mine. My son went to the cross for you. You are mine. And that's what he says for each and every one of you if you belong to him. The Lord of hosts has sworn saying, surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. I had a phone call this morning. A dear lady who's helping us do the move. Arlie's sister. She said, I just, I'm not going to make it. She wanted to be here this morning to hear me preach. She said, I'm just not going to make it. I wonder what she thought when my reply to her was, No worries. Lord's will be done. 
Do you know that Iran attacked the consulate of the United States last night and I've only heard about it on one place out there? No worries. God's will be done. We lost the election. The Republicans lost the election. No worries. God's will be done. He says in Romans 8.28, and if you believe God, then you believe this, most assuredly, all things are for our good. Is that correct or not? Amen. Is that true? It's absolutely true. All of God's Word is true, especially that. Because He works it all out for us. Folks, I'm telling you, He loves you. Does He love the whole world? Absolutely not. Does He love His people? Absolutely. Without a doubt. Perfectly. He's not going to let you lose to yourself. He's paid for all your sins. All the sins that you've done today. All the sins you'll do tomorrow. And you will be in heaven with Him if His Son died for you. What makes a good preacher? Not this guy in the flesh. Absolutely, Bill Silva. The one who brings the message to the hearts. The one who brings that message down, grabs a hold of your heart and says, this is me, look how much I love you. Look at the grace I have for you who don't deserve it. Praise ye the Lord. Isn't that what we read in that psalm? I'm going to turn back to that again. What was that, uh, what was that psalm we read? Let's, let's, I'm going to read that again. It was only two verses. It was Psalms 117. You know, this, whew, this is so good. I, I don't know why I didn't read that before. I, I don't normally try to go to the Psalms and, and pick up anything. I, I like to be surprised. And this is a great surprise. 117. No, not 17. 117. We're going to read it again. Because it wasn't recorded. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise Him, all ye people, for His merciful kindness is great toward us. We had a little Bible study this morning, a very short one. I don't know if Kathy recorded it or not. It's called Usward. We broke away from 1 Peter for just a moment. I'll try to get back to it next week, but us, the word us, our Lord Jesus Christ in scriptures declare you and I together with him. Us word. Toward us. For his merciful kindness is great towards us. And the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. What makes you say this man or that is a good preacher. All of God's true preachers have one message. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, you don't need to return there, but it says this, it says, For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Actually, you know what? Let's turn over there. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter two. Did I miss that one? Yeah.
throughout all the ages of all of God's prophets, beginning at Moses, and through all the prophets, all of God's ministers, all of God's preachers have done one thing in common. They pointed their hearers to the one who saves, Christ Jesus the Lord. You hear this all the time, what would Jesus do? What, what would Jesus do? What, what would Jesus do in the case of this? I can tell you what he would do. I can tell you what he would do on the authority of scriptures. Christ preached himself. He went through the entire time he was on this earth declaring who he was. Declaring what he was there to do. After feeding twice a multitude of people, our Lord came to the disciples and he said, Who do you say that I am? Who did the, first he said, Who do the people say that I am? And just like you and I did at one time, well, maybe John the Baptist, maybe it was this guy, maybe it was Elias, maybe, maybe it was one of the prophets. And that's the way we all answered that question at one time or another. you got to admit that. You know that for sure because you thought in your own mind, eh? yeah, who is Jesus? He's a, he's a good guy. And then he began to, or then he asked him, who do you say that I am? He says, well, you're the, you're the son of the living God. And in Matthew 16, it goes a little deeper. And he says, well, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, and I will build my church upon this rock, and the, church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And then the Lord goes into the next subject and declares, I must go to Jerusalem. I must suffer. I must be killed and I must be raised on the third day. Our Lord declared throughout his entire ministry, he was God Almighty in the flesh, what he was going to do and why. In Luke 24, 27, we read these words. And beginning in Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them, this speaking of the two men in Emmaus, expounded unto them all the scriptures, and all the scriptures of things concerning himself. This is the desire of all who have been called to preach. This is my desire. My desire is to stand before people who God brings through that door and tell them about my Savior. It's my desire to preach by God's grace there is no other way to God but through His Son, the Lord Jesus. Moses preached Christ. That's what it says in John chapter 5, verse 46. For he that believed Moses, for, for, it, for had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he, speaking of Moses, wrote of me, speaking of Jesus. Moses preached Jesus. Abraham preached Christ. It says in John 8, verse 56, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. He saw Jesus Christ. And of course we read in Romans chapter 10, verse 13 through 15, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? How are you going to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ if you don't have a man who God has sent to stand before you and tell about who He is? 
Philip was sent out into the desert to meet an Ethiopian on his chariot, a leader of a whole bunch, a, a whole bunch of warriors. He had all the treasures of his of his queen with him. And Philip was sent out into that desert to meet that man on his chariot and to preach Jesus to him. When he asked, who is this that the scripture is talking about? Philip said, began to teach preaches. Teach, preach Jesus from those verses. Isaiah 53. It's preaching Christ. It's the simple message of who he is. How are you going to how shall they believe, it says, in him and who they have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? And so it goes with all the prophets throughout the word of God, those who wrote what they were inspired to write by the Holy Spirit, who, by the way, also speaks of Christ, speaking of the Spirit and not of himself. We preach the only comfort, and that is to a true sinner, and that is our Lord and Savior. There is a Savior. There is one who has put away the sins of his chosen people. It despises me to hear people say, God loves you. How do you know? I know he loves some, but where do you get off and walk around telling the whole world that Jesus loves the whole world? How do you know? I know that he loves me, but how do you know? I know that he loves me because I love his word. Because I believe his word and only those whom he has loved believe his word. Every bit of it. Not just a piece of it here and there. Not just a little bit, but the whole thing. Even the things that I don't understand. And that's a lot. I believe that he who knew no sin, a perfect Savior, a perfect God in the flesh, a perfect God-man, he who knew no sin was made to be sin. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Don't ask me to explain it, but my God's word says it so, and I believe it. He was made sin, that I would be made righteous in him. I, I don't understand that either. If I look in the mirror, I'm like going, I can't be. God, thank you for turning my eyes away from the mirror and turning my eyes to my Savior, who I can believe and trust in His righteousness. That's my comfort. Is that yours? Is He your only righteousness? Are you walking around thinking, well, I'm not such a bad person? Well, you might not be. That doesn't make you good enough to be in the sight, to be in the presence of God. We have, we know. Oh no, I, I skipped it. We sing a song. The song goes like this: We dare not look to the sweetest friend, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. We know that we have no righteousness of our own. We know the sin that is in us. And this is why we need to be comforted. This is why we need to hear about Him and the story of Him is simple. 1 Timothy 1.15, it says this, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. It's just 
that soon. There's no, if you'll just come down here to the front of the church, come down here to the front of the, of the altar. I want you to come down to the front of the altar, but not this big piece of wood that's sitting here, or this, this front here. Come to the altar who Himself is the sacrifice on that altar, our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. Come to Him. It's the only way. More about Jesus would I know. More of His grace to others show. More of His saving fullness see. More of His love who died for me. Listen to the words of Isaiah chapter 40 verses 9 through 11. Our Lord inspired Isaiah the prophet to write these words. He says, O Zion! You know who Zion is? It's God's people. God's mountain. The church, the one whom Christ Jesus is building upon himself, that very rock that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. Oh, Zion, that bringeth good tidings. Get thee up into the high mountain. Oh, Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings. Lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand. This is our Lord and Savior. He hadn't come yet. They are looking to the same thing you and I look back to. Now, a lot of people had heard about Jesus back then, just as they had heard about Jesus now after the Lord had come. So, not all believed, though. There were some, though, that did. Our Lord has had a remnant of His people in every generation, in every nation, in every tongue. A remnant, a small little piece of the robe at the bottom, tucked up and rolled underneath. Just, just a small... That looks like rescue. I, I can almost say that I'd be really concerned if this place was full of people right I'd be questioning, John, make sure you're not preaching something that's tickling people's ears other than the Lord Jesus. If people's ears are getting tickled here in rescue, they better be tickled by God himself and not me. Behold your God. Behold the Lord God will come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. His arm shall be sovereign for him. His arm, his strong arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Our great shepherd is leading us through this world, through the valley of the shadow of death, and he is gathering his sheep along the way. Preaching by the preaching of His Son, the Lord Jesus. By that very message, the message of the Gospel, His sheep are called out to see His truths and they come willingly. You know, I completely skipped over the 1 Corinthians part, didn't I? Well, that's all right. We're going to keep going because uh, for time's sake. 
Sorry about that. I'm getting old. White hair. <laughs> when he has used the simple message of his gospel, the simple message to cut away the preaching of his wonderful news to cut away that old stubborn heart that we were all born with and give us a new heart, we see the truth of his word. We are gathered as helpless lambs unto the one who has all power. In Isaiah chapter 40, verses 17 through 18, we read these words, All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. To whom then will ye liken God? Or what likeness will you compare unto him? Oh, how we try to make some kind of a comparison out of the God we worship, don't we? That's the whole problem with religion. Is it takes the true and living God and it makes it into something man wants it to be. Our Lord talks about it in Jude, in the book of Jude, where he says, men who will creep in unawares. Creep into the church unawares and make lasciviousness of his word. And after they've crept in and the Lord has allowed them to be there, they become men of preaching of unrighteousness. They stand up in the robes of righteousness, so-called thought, what man thinks righteousness is, and they preach that, man's righteousness. The simplicity of the gospel is this, there is no righteousness in any of the fle in any flesh, but our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. When we see Christ, the Almighty Creator, who is likened unto Him, what can compare to the Lord of glory? The one who is sovereign over all things, the one who has all power in heaven and earth. Can anybody, can anything, principality, can anything turn His hand? <laughs> I, mentioned, I mentioned the other day, uh, Kevin, Kevin was... You know, Kevin Thacker down in San Diego, we were talking on the phone, and, and he had listened to the message, and I, I, I don't even remember really kind of making it. But he said, he said, John, you said something that just went, BAM! <laughs> to those who don't know the Lord. He goes, when you think of your God, when your God says shall, what does it mean? Does it mean shall, or does it mean something else? <laughs> and he thought to himself, as he heard me say that, that's slamming in the face of those who don't believe in a God who works everything out according to his own counsel, according to his own will, a God who's waiting for you to make up some kind of a decision for him. No. Our God says shall, he means shall. He says must, he means must. When he said it is finished, it is finished. Sit down and rest in the Lord. Can anything turn the hand of the Lord Jesus? I can tell you this, that if anything could, then he could not be called God. Look with me, if you would, over to Isaiah chapter 40. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 40 for just a moment. Isaiah chapter 40. We just preached on this the other day. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. But I want to look at something a little deeper than that. Could anything turn the hand of our God? No, absolutely not. Paul said, I am confident. 
I am confident that nothing, and then he goes through a whole list of anything, all things, covers it all. So I'm confident that none of that stuff, nothing, nothing can separate me. Are you confident? Are you confident in that? I'm confident in my Lord's word. If I try to look at this flesh, no, I'll become weak and wobbly. But when I read my Lord's word and he says, nothing can separate me from the love that is in his son, the Lord Jesus. What confidence we can have in that. Over in Isaiah chapter 40, would you read with me verses 21 through 31? 40 verses 21 through 31. Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. This is our Lord Jesus, folks. This is the very one that in John 1 1 created all things. The very one that also in the first chapter of John, verse 14, was manifest in the flesh. He was made flesh. It is He that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and in the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. That bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, they shall stock shall, their stock shall not take root in the earth, and he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will ye liken me, says the Lord? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, we're talking about the simplicity of the gospel, the power of God in the Son of in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of His might, for that He is strong in power, and, and not one that faileth. Doesn't that that just yay? Praise the Lord. <laughs> he can't fail. I like the fact that my Lord Jesus does everything right and cannot fail. Why, verse 27, Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord of the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, does that bring good news to your heart? The one who has saved you, the one who has done it, who says it is finished, he cannot be turned. He doesn't weary like we do. There is no searching in his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. Oh Lord, I'm so faint. I need, I need you every hour. Don't pass me by. Don't pass me by. I need you. I need you now. I need you while I stand before your people. Do you need him now while you hear? I needed him when I sat in the pew and heard. Do you need him now? 
He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. Even when the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utter fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up in the wings. Did you notice it didn't say that you that you will go forth and act in your own righteousness, feeding the poor, doing this, doing that. No, but they that wait upon the Lord. Lord, help me to wait on you. Do you wait? Not like I want you. Not like I want you at all. Wait on the Lord. He shall renew your strength. They shall mount up and wing with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Now look over at verse 10 of chapter 41. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of what? Of your good works? Of something you can do? No, no. I will hold you up. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Simplicity of the gospel. That even a child, a child whom God has given ears to hear, could understand. Don't think that's not possible. With all, with our Lord, with the God who rules over everything, all things are possible. I know through God's word of, of a baby that wasn't even out of its mother's womb yet, when it heard another speaking of our Lord, jumped in the womb of his mother. What do you think made him do that? Same thing that made you and I jump when his gospel talked to us for the first time. Same thing that drew us out of that darkness when we heard the same when we heard about our Lord and the Savior. The power of God. You see, that's the simple message of the gospel. He who has all power, not just a little. Not some, but all power. Here is the comfort we need. The creator of all that is has sent his son to be our propitiation, our substitute, our sacrifice, our righteousness. Because he has loved his people, a people whose names were written in the book of life, the writ written before the foundation of the world, God humbled himself and became a man. 
He provided himself a sacrifice for his people. These ones who he has loved with an eternal love. These are the ones who he calls my people. This is the good news that God has a people. And he will not lose them. This is the comfort that he provides. This is the simple message we read in Isaiah 51.15. You don't need to turn there. But I am the Lord thy God that divided the sea whose waves roared. The, the Lord of hosts is His name. And I have put my words in thy mouth and I have covered thee in the shadow of mine hand and my plant the, and I, that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the world and say unto Zion, God's people, say unto you, thy, Thou art my people. We who have seen the truth of what we are before a thrice holy God have no other comfort but that that our God rules that our God is sovereign over everything including every part of me but what God the Spirit would reveal in the Son of the living God is this it's the simplicity of the gospel it's the good news of Jesus Christ who he is what he did what he, who he did it for and what he is doing right now. Did you know there's a God man sitting on the throne right now working out everything for you and I according to his purpose? I'm sorry. I can't be there today. No worries. Lord's will be done. Another country has attacked ours. No worries. Lord's will be done. This is the simple message. This is the message that God's preachers preach. We preach who Christ is. And we preach Him crucified for His people. Turn over to Philippians will you? chapter 2 and we'll read 11 verses and we'll bring this to an end. Philippians chapter 2, we read these words, beginning at verse 1. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if there be any peace for you, if there's any consolation in Christ for you, be of one mind. If you're a child of God, one for whom he shed his blood for. You'll be this of one mind of who he is. Can we not all agree that he's all powerful? Can we not all agree that his blood is perfect and paid for every one of our sins? Can we not all agree that he's sitting on his throne right now working things out for us? Let nothing be done, verse 3, through, vain, through strife or vainglory, 
but in lowliness. Lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. Let not every man on his own things, let not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind in be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Does it boggle your mind that our Lord, the Lord of glory, the very one who put us in our mother's womb, came here to be our servant? Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every skip the page. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I was talking to Pastor Gene not too long ago about I don't know if I can preach to a group of people who have known the Lord for one who did not know the Lord. And he said, well, sure you can. This was a couple of years back when I first was put in this position. I thought, you know, how can I preach a message to comfort those who sit in the pews to hear a message that they don't believe about one who didn't believe. Let's say there was a dead you know, casket here. How can I preach to some? He goes, well, it's simple. It's the same message you would preach to one that, you, that did know the Lord. It's the message of Christ. If somebody dies and goes to that marked death, what could you say to a group of people that have never heard of the Lord Jesus Christ? Could you say, like, well, this person didn't know the Lord, they're in hell now. That's not going to bring any comfort to anybody. But you can say this. This person who has gone through that marked death has the same story every person who has gone through that door marked death has, and that is Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Think about that. The man who was in hell cried out for a bit of water. Cried out to who? He cried out to Abraham, God Almighty. Cried out to the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody who goes through that door marked death, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to, glo to the glory of God the Father. Amen. You give that message, and God does the rest. Amen. That's the simplicity. Let me read one more set of verses for you over in Matthew chapter uh, 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 8. Let me just turn over there real quick and read verses 1 through 3. When he is come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, speaking of our Lord and Savior. And behold, there came a leper. This is the picture of one who's full of sin. One who's full of sin, a leper with boils on their from their head to their toes, whatever. They, they had boils on them, they stunk of dead flesh, and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, 
Lord, if it be your will, no worries. Lord's will be done. Lord, if it be your will, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. <laughs> oh, we're going to close with that song. 